2: That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah.
3: This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on V Sin. Welcome back. Golf second major is here, in Bet Rivers Sportsbooks Sports got a great offer for you every day of the tournament. Just log on to Bet Rivers and receive a twenty percent profit boost for the PGA Fields Wide Open. Take advantage of the daily profit
0: boost during the PGA Championship at Bet Rivers. Bet on the app or go to betrivers.com. I have a feeling that we could talk to our next guest for two hours minimum. No problem. Uh, I can't wait for this. Um, it's an honor and a pleasure to be joined right now by Gary McCord. Uh, by the way, he's going to be on the Sirius XM PGA Tour radio coverage following every round this week for two hours. The wrap-up show played in more than 400 PGA Tour events, but was an unbelievable analyst for like more than three decades on this sport, and he joins us now this morning. Gary, thanks so much for the time today. How you doing?
1: boys. How's it going?
0: Hello, Doing sir. Doing really well. Really well.
1: Outstanding.
0: Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, y- this is um, phenomenal. I could not believe the quote that I read uh, from you in this upcoming book about Phil Mickelson, just because I found it so fascinating. Um, but it was uh-huh. about throwing wads of 20s at Phil and having bets with him while you were in the TV booth and he was playing in tournaments. Uh, incredible. Uh, can you give us the background story on this, how it started, why it started, um, and you can take it away.
1: Well, I mean, I, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona and um, Phil Nicholson uh, obviously lives here, went to school here. And I first got my introduction to Phil. First time I met him, we were playing, it was a Tucson open and we were playing at star pass um, out in Tucson. And, uh, uh, I was on, I was just starting the back, man. It was getting late in the day and I was just going off the back. Now there's a guy that came walking up and he says, he says, uh, listen, I'm, I'm Phil Mickelson. And can I play nine holes with you before it gets dark? And he'd just come, I, I think he just, I think he was a junior. Maybe he was a senior at ASU, Arizona state university. And I knew who he was, obviously, from his background of winning NCAA and all that. And um, I said, "Sure, I'm just going to play nine. We got to go pretty fast because I, you know, we're running on of daylight up here. So we get going and we're playing, and we're talking, and you know, and somehow, you know, we start playing for you can't you can't play golf without playing for money, right? So yeah, we're going to play. Let's, okay, we'll play for twenty, whatever. So we get to about we get to about seven. It's getting dark. It's getting really dark. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm down two or three. Okay. <laughs> so, and I'm not pressing because he looks like he's way better than, than I am. And uh, he goes, hey, he says, uh, I got an idea. He says, why don't we play the last three holes and play for? And I don't know what it was, guys. I have no idea. It was, I had to be somewhere between 50 and 100. He says, so why don't we play the last three holes? You play out of my bag and I'll play out of your bag. Well, obviously he's left handed, right? <laughs> so, so I go, okay, fine. So here we go. You know, yeah, trying to play nine. I'm just trying to play nine holes and figure out the golf course. Here I am playing left hand in the dark. And this doesn't make any sense. Well, we get done. He beats me badly. And that's, I didn't know Phil at that time was right-handed. <laughs> I thought he was left-handed. Oh hell, he's right-handed. So he, he was fine the other way. So you know the idiot conned me when he was a uh, whatever he was senior, junior, in, in, wow. in college, and that, thats the first introduction I got to Phil. That's the first time I met him, and I went, okay, fine. And then I—I'm almost sure I, I know he won the—he won the tournament. I think it was that year that he—he he went on to win the 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 uh, Tucson Open, and uh, as a uh, as an amateur.
3: All right. So how long does it take to get that rapport then where it's so you're just flashing fingers to bones and about a he whispers in the oh, ear. That,
1: they, yeah, they, that, that was easy. I mean, that's, you know, we do that. Here's the deal with Phil. Here's the deal with Phil. Phil would rather beat some of his buddies, the ones he really wants to beat. He wants to do that more than he does want to win a golf tournament got it i mean he, he does he if you want to get him going you know bet him 100 or whatever that he can't do something regardless of the golf tournament or whatever he'll do it and i he uses that as motivation <laughs> i'm telling you guys okay. i don't remember i think i beat him twice when you know i'm up in the tower and i'm you know i'm looking at a putt and I'm flashing down, you know, three to one, four to one, whatever it is. The units were always 20. So it was pretty simple. So I just, in my left hand, I'd throw up, you know, two to one, three to one, four to one, whatever it was. And then Phil will look up. Sometimes he'd go, yeah, sometimes he wouldn't. And, uh, but I, I honestly, honestly, every time I did it, he made it Twenty footers, 25 footers, He made the damn thing. So and, you, you know, I'm just throwing twenties down, <laughs> wadding them up, getting mad, because usually you know the up in the tower they've got to go from the 16th to the 17th, so they go right by my tower. So I just toss it, toss it down to them, and somebody turned me in. At, it was at Castle Pines, where the I, where I got caught, <laughs> and somebody uh, somebody called CBS, the tour called CBS, and, and told these side idiot on 16, told me can't do that anymore. Which I think is funny now because that wasn't that long ago. It's probably. That When we were doing that, this was probably seven to ten years ago, and now mm. their two, two main sponsors on the tour are FanDuel and DraftKings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's great. So I'm <laughs> very hypocritical. Yeah.
0: Well, we're talking to Gary McCord here. I'm glad you brought that up about Phil, how betting was more important to him, because I looked it up, and who knows how accurate this is, Gary, but I did see one report where his career earnings topped 800 million dollars. And it, it made me think of, you know, the old the old movie, uh, The Hustler with Jackie Gleason and Paul Newman, uh, such yep. a great pool and gambling movie. But the infamous line from that movie is money. won is twice as sweet as money earned. So you're telling me that that's definitely true with Phil Mickelson?
1: I uh, drive Phil Mickelson. Uh, that will drive Phil Mickelson. He'll, um, what was God? We were trying to remember this one. I know it was a Riviera we're on the, we're on the driving range. I'm down there talking to Phil before the, uh, before the tournament there at Riviera and it's on a Sunday and Phil is, and I just, I just remember this guy. So I'm trying to go over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil is, I'm thinking he is like six or seven shots back. And I, I go, okay, Phil, Hey Phil, good luck. You guys play good bone. See ya. And I turn around and go, and Phil goes, hold on, hold on. He says, here, here's the deal. He says, uh, what, um, if you gave me, if you gave me two to one odds, I'll bet you, I'll bet your, your 1000 to my 5000 that I can shoot 64 or better. And I stopped. And I went, oh, 64, 64, man, that's a, that's a hell of a score at Riviera. And he's, you know, he's got a shot to, to win the thing and I'm choking cause I'm not going to bet him. Right. So uh, Pat Perez was sitting next to him at Bob. I said, Pat, I said, you in for half on this <laughs> if I do it. And he goes, he looked at me he goes, hell no, I'm not. And I, so I didn't take the bet. I'll be damned. I think he shot 64, 65 <laughs> oh, something like that the last round. but again, he was using that to motivate himself because he would there's nothing better than if Phil took, you know, and I don't gamble that much. you know we got you play golf so go out and have some fun gamble for 20s or 50s or hundreds or whatever it is. and for for him to take like five grand off me, he would he would jump for joy for thirty minutes just because ha, ha, I got him I got it mm-hmm. not that he won the tournament but the fact that you know <laughs> he beat he beat you up some money as you know his buddies and that's just again that's motivation there's some there's some guys that do that and they they take it to sure. new heights. Uh, yeah, because of the cash. Who, so,
3: who yeah. else? Two minutes before we have to break. Is there anyone else like that? I mean, is there anyone who needed action no, like that no, or a rapport you had with other golfers?
1: No, 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 no. It was uh, Phil Phil just kind of the king of that okay. out there. and Then he teaches, you know, the young kids. Again, there's nothing worse Tuesday than a, than a practice rounder where he's out there putting 50-footers and 80-footers and they're taking 20, 30 minutes. On every green, you know, trying to figure out the golf course. Phil goes out there and they got their money games and con- they concentrate that way. And they actually, when you're playing for that kind of money, you're actually paying attention. So you're actually playing the golf course as you would in the tournament coming up. Got it. Mm-hmm. Other than just getting around and hitting balls and going, sure. um, if I miss it to the left of the screen, I got a bump and run or I got a flop it or whatever. Now you're actually playing the golf course and going, okay, you know, they're enough money to catch my attention so I've got a, I've got to go play decent so it's just it's another way to put some pressure on you to to get used to the uh the competition that uh Thursdays through Sunday
0: coming up Gary I want to ask you about the scene from tin cup and where that came from but uh again uh-huh. in, in like 30 seconds here is it possible for Phil to play around with outside bets oh
1: yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: okay yeah yeah were you the only analyst that would bet with him
1: uh yeah I think. Is, you know, I knew, I knew him since he was a kid and, in college. So we played all the time together. And stupid bets, But my, my God, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we were trying to make a, you know, Bill reminds me a lot of Titanic Thompson, Alvin Clarence, Thomas, the, the, uh, the sports gambler, the most notorious sports gambler ever, ever in the United States. Uh, he reminds me a lot of, of Titanic Thompson and some of the stuff that Phil know. would do, which is, is, that stuff is biblical, how well, funny that
0: stuff was. Yeah, on, on that note, and we're going to have one more segment here with Gary McCord, awesome stuff, one of the best analysts in any sport, uh, did it for more than 30 years on CBS for golf. Um, I, we have to ask him about this, because it's also in the upcoming book about Phil, Pauly. Um, was it well known that in recent times, Phil would check football scores on his phone in the middle of a round? That's in the book! We'll continue here on Follow the Money. It's v the Sports Betting Network.
1: Follow the Money on v the Sports Betting Network.
0: Welcome back. It is Follow the Money here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. As we continue with Gary McCord, he played in more than 400 tournaments on the PGA Tour and a uh, longtime analyst was so good – Loved the mustache, uh, such a character. Love, loved uh, to hear him for so many years, along with David Faraday and others uh, on the golf coverage. I want to ask you this. We're talking about Phil Mickelson a lot because of the quote about you'd throw Wad's 20s out the TV booth because you'd have bets with him for small amounts of money when he was coming up to your hole while he was playing. But as you know, Gary, we are based here in Las Vegas. We've heard quite a few stories about, you know, the golf courses out here in town and how much money could change hands with, you know, some pros, specifically some professional poker players, for example— And my God, who knows how much money they were playing per hole? But when was like the first time that you got wind of that, or the first time that you were ever around a professional gambler?
1: You know, I went back to tour school um, where you had to go back, and you know, thousand guys entered the thing, and they ended end up playing for fifteen spots to get up back on the tour back in back in those days. And I remember we were going, we were back in Florida, yeah, a bunch of young kids. got some buddies there. We were probably 23, 24, something like that. And we go out and we're playing practice round um, uh, down in South Florida for uh, the qualifier to get ready for the qualifier. And um, there was a guy out there and, and uh, there was there was three of us and he said, can I join you guys? And we said, yeah. And he, you qualifying for the two? Yeah. And he says, I'm here for a practice round two. And um, he's African-American. And we get we get to the first hole and he's he's playing crosshanded. And I went, Well that I've never seen anybody play cross handed before. So we're out there playing, you know, and, and we're gambling a little bit, nothing serious. And <laughs> we get to about the sixteenth hole and you know, we're a bunch of three kids from from Southern Cal. And he goes, We get to this hole it was a par par three, it was an island green. It was about 140, 145 yards uh, to the pin, Island green. And we all hit it and we start to walk up the team. He goes, guys, he says, you like to gamble. He says, um, uh, I'll bet, I'll bet you guys, I'll bet you guys 20 a piece. I could throw a golf ball in that green right here. And I looked at this thing. and I went, there's no way anybody could throw a golf ball in that green from here. All right. You got it. Just so we peel, he takes that thing. He took it one finger, no one finger. He took, he took two windups and he whipped that thing, threw it in the front of the green. It was about one twenty something like that, 120, 120 yards. <laughs> he hit it on, it went on the green and rolled, rolled it, rolled the back of the green. I'm, Gee, are you kidding me? So we get done and I don't know who won the, you know, that day, but we paid him the money and everything. And so he said, "You guys are, you guys are great." We're sitting there having a beer and he goes. You guys like to gamble. I, I I feel bad about taking your money. So he said, "Listen, I got a bet for you." He says, uh, "I'll bet you. I bet you I can put five golf balls in my mouth and close my mouth." I said, "What?" He says, "I bet you I can put five golf balls in my mouth and close my mouth." So I go, "What? No way!" So I go to my my golf bag. is right out there. So I run out and I get two golf balls. I'm trying to put two golf balls in my mouth. And close it, and I can't do it. Okay, you got it, guys. How much we got? Da, da da We got 150 here. Can't do it. Okay, so he goes out and he gets three out of his golf bag. He gets two sleeves in the boxes. Gets there, and he puts one in, two in, three in. I'm gone. Oh no. In, and then the fifth one, he's just in, he squeezes his lips closed and he, they put five golf balls in his mouth and closed it. We couldn't believe it. So oh, you're kidding. So we, we have another beer. I'll buy you guys a beer. So we're sitting there and he goes, you guys are really good guys. He says, I'll tell you what I'll, uh, let's see, I'll, uh, here's, here's the bet. I'll put a loaf of bread in my mouth and close it. Oh, what? Loaf of bread. I go, guys, how much we got left? And we go, oh, we had, we had like just over 200. But now this is for the, the week. Okay. We're, we're running. We just got there. We've got to still go the whole week. So whatever we had left, we bet. So I go down the store and I get, I don't know, you guys, you guys are not old enough, but there's a thing called wonder bread. And it was yeah. just a big fluffy white, right? In the package. And it's a foot and a half long. And I go, all right. So we put it down and we put the cash down. He started kneading that bread and kneaded it, kneaded it, got up, kneaded it, kneaded it. Started stuffing his mouth. And he closed his lips with his left hand. And he had an entire loaf of bread in his mouth. And his, his name, I found out later, he was a professional gambler. Uh, James black was his name. And he actually, he was one of the shills that, that hung around with uh, Titanic Thompson. Um, He would caddy for Titanic and then Titanic after his partner inexplicably left, he would take his caddy to play these guys in a money game. Uh, And of course his caddy was, he could play his rear end off. And that was James black. And he was the first guy, that we got hustled. But I learned that somebody says, Hustlers, I can yeah. do something for money. Forget it. They can, they do, can it. do it. Yeah. They can do it. For sure. They can yes. do it. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yes. I mean, that, the Phil Ivey stories and the Daniel Negrano stories about how much these guys play, too, along with Billy Walters. Negrano went out and hired a, a, a coach and a, a caddy and everything because there's so much money to be made.
1: Yeah, because, you know, the the poker and everything fills up the night. So what do you do yeah. during the day? Right? Yes. Might as well make it productive.
0: um so where did that scene in tin cup come from you're in the movie obviously you had a big role behind the scenes of that movie as well costner's up against the tree and he says to you in the movie i bet you 50 bucks i can get on the green and you're like no way you can and he did where'd that come from
1: um that was that one was written um by um ron shelton i wrote that in Uh, john Norville and ron shelton wrote that uh that would just a uh, it was just a playoff of uh you know a lot, a lot of guys okay so we'll ricochet shots i mean johnny miller had the best ricochet shot i've ever seen at harbor town you know those pilings they got it was on the 17th hole and he was in the bunker and he ricocheted it hit it and went over his shoulder on the green about eight feet from the hole deepest thing i ever saw um and so I, Ron probably took it off of something like that. Where mm. we we do that a lot. There's a tree okay. there. You got to go sense. the other way. Whack it off the tree. Right.
0: Yep. Makes sense. Two two things I want to get to, yeah, Gary. And we have like three minutes left here. Uh, I I tease this before the break. Tom Lehman is also in the upcoming book. You're in it as well with the quote about throwing twenties at Phil. Tom Lehman said that there's a there's a one day where Phil's hitting it everywhere, right, and he's playing terribly. And at one point, he goes over and he sits on a stump, like in the woods by himself, and he's facing the other way. Tom goes over to console him to see if he's okay. He's checking football scores. <laughs> Is that like uh, oh, yeah. that's well known oh, yeah. with Phil?
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're all these guys have got fantasy teams and everything else. And I, I know Phil's in a Jim Nance talks about it all the time. Phil and Phil's in a fantasy league uh, with CBS. Uh, we used to have a, a draft and everything else. And it was highly competitive just because you could roast the other guys on, on Twitter, right. And emails, you know, if you're, your guys are doing well. And so it's always Sunday, the games are on and Phil's down there checking out how his fantasy team is doing against the other guys on CBS (laughs) and they're He's tweeting during the game (laughs) and roasting these guys about how his team was kicking your team's rear end. So Nance, Nance, and he got Tony Romo as his partner in, in this fantasy league. Yeah, <laughs> so Phil's, you know, roasted Tony the whole time. While like, you know, Tony's doing the telecast somewhere, and Nance is doing a, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's hilarious. it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 part of the it's part of the vacuum of the of the PGA tour. You know, these guys, they're they're they're. <clears throat> They're athletes, and they're they're not in the team sport, so they they like to go after yeah, yeah. the other guys.
0: Down to like a minute here, Gary. So obviously, he's concerned about this book coming out, but also beyond that, Billy Walter's professional gambler was a book coming out. Do you have any like what's the level of dread for Phil with that book coming out?
1: Um, you know, Billy's a Billy Walter is a good friend of mine. I know the book was supposed to be done. I talked to him two weeks ago. Oh, uh, oh. see how the book see how the book was doing. Uh, but it was supposed to come out in February. And I wanted Billy to, to come out on our serious XM PGA tour radio show that we've got David Faraday and myself and Drew Stoltz. And I wanted, I wanted Billy to come on and talk about the book, you know, be one of the first ones. Like I told Billy, we've got, we've got tens of listeners, you know, <laughs> there's, there's 20 or 30 people. If he wants to break this thing, you know? So I, I just called him up uh, about some other stuff. And we were just talking and he said, you know, the Arman is writing it from Sports Illustrated. Yes, and yeah, there's some some concern there, but uh, I I don't I don't know I I didn't ask I didn't ask Billy at the time whether you know okay. he's got anything on Phil or anything, but the book's coming out to the uh, at the end of the year.
0: Fair enough, uh, Gary. Can't thank you enough for your time today to tell the stories. You're going to be on the SiriusXM PGA Tour coverage on radio, following each round oh, yeah. of play this week with a two-hour wrap-up show. Have a great uh, weekend with the tournament, and uh, thank you again for your time. We appreciate it.
1: You got it, guys. Take care. Yep.
0: Thank you. Again, that's the guy that we could talk to. I don't think a three-hour show would be enough for him. I really don't know. Dennis Bernstein, NHL Bets, coming up here on Follow the Money.
1: Follow
3: the Money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Ben Hayes, one of the lead cappers, winners, and winners, been rolling on the diamond. He's at five of six, and he studied the card today, and he's got a uh, play he loves, absolutely free. Text VEASAN 320-350-3500 for the MLB freebie. Text VEASAN 320-350-3500. Back to hockey, Dennis Bernstein, Sirius XM NHL radio host, fourthperiod.com at Dennis TFP on Twitter. Not at the JW Marriott from Edmonton, live from his home. A lot to go over. How concerned are you about your Florida pick? It's only one game, but there was a lot to like, again, with what or not to like about Florida getting beat, and the building was dead yesterday.
2: Yeah, it's really surprising, Paulie, because it was a really good building for the first round against Washington. And maybe the more Marshall defense. I don't know. There should be a lot of tape in the building. Yeah, I'm really concerned because – they were lackadaisical at some points. The power play, I, they haven't scored one in yeah. the Stanley Cup playoffs, much less last night, Paulie. So to me, yeah, I'm worried, and I'm not worried just about how they played, Paul. Who they played against? Like this team, Tampa, they don't want to die. They don't want to go out quietly, right? They won a Game Seven in Toronto. They won Game One here. Now Corey Perry scores a goal. Their bottom six get two. So to me, yeah, I'm concerned about my Florida because they've not been here before, Paulie. This group yeah. finally got playoffs. They've been the a in a long time. So I'm, I'm concerned that uh, even though I think I had Tampa and six and I thought it was going to be a long series and sometimes it's an indicator, but yeah, just the way that game went, the crowd wasn't engaged. Yeah. You got to be a little bit worried if you're a Florida Panthers fan.
0: Well, here's the thing. I mean, in this sport, in this day and age, Denny, like a three-peat is it's unheard of. And to think yeah. about the lightning, maybe go, but the one thing that they have that they can, you know, just absolutely say, okay, well, guess what? You got to go out there and beat Bazilevsky then four times. I mean, that guy—he's right. just—he's—he's yep. he's he's unbelievable.
2: Yeah, but he was—he could be beaten though, Mitch. In that last series, like he didn't have some good games, and that's the thing with this team. Like, can they sustain over another couple of months to win a championship? Because they played a lot of hockey. Yes, they, they 56, have. Yep. Yeah, 56, 56, 70 and now eighty-two. They played a lot of hockey. They're banged up. No Braden Point. Yep. That's how great this team is. Brayton Point is like their number one center. He's out, and you're not like you're not losing. Like you won a game seven. He was he played a little bit. So to me, it's just the quality of and you know, uh, Paulie's right, Vasilevsky. But then you have headman, you have Stammer, and they're bottom six, and they have a great coach. Like they reconstituted their bottom six that won them a championship last year, this year, and then are starting to prove Nick Paul, a guy that came over in a trade from Ottawa. Scored the two game-winning goals against uh, Toronto in Game 7.
3: How about the series that starts tonight, uh, Carolina and the Rangers? And the Rangers, great story to get here, but the comeback kids. But down 3-1 when Crosby goes out, and then you have a third-string yeah. goalie for much of that series. How about Carolina that, that won all four home games against Boston and outscored them 18-6? to Is this a five-game series? Is it a six-game series? What do you think?
2: It's at least six, Paul, because of, of I mean He's been great. I think that 70 save performance in Game One. I think that took out a bit out of him during that series because he wasn't himself in Games Two, Three. And he got better as the series went on. So at least two. But Carolina is deep. They're smart. They're again, nobody's not well coached when you get to this point. They're well coached. Mm-hmm. So to me, uh, yeah, I like Carolina in this series. But the son about Madison Square Garden, boy, um, I, I think this is a deeper series than most people think. Uh, But Carolina's great at home. Like, they never lose at home. We talk about crowds. That crowd's crazy down there. They won the Stanley Cup. So, to me, it'll be an intriguing series. But if you go back a couple seasons, Carolina whacks the Rangers. I know they're different teams right now. But but I I do like Carolina in this series because of their coaching speed and depth.
3: And it didn't go well for them in Boston uh, either. So, we've been down this road before in this round with Colorado. Uh, But this, certainly, they had to go to overtime. But you look at the shots on goal. They hit five posts, and they outshot uh, yeah. St. Louis 13-0 in overtime. Now a $7 series favorite, the adjusted line. Is it Colorado in the cup? No one can beat them in the West?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't see it, Paulie. Uh, and Colorado, you're right. It, it was an overtime game. I give St. Louis a lot of gut, uh, credit for having guts, and they've been there before. This is going to be a nice test for them, mm-hmm. but it's only going to be a test, Paulie. They're not going to get knocked out, Colorado. This is, but St. Louis is a nice step. They've got depth. They've got goaltending. Ryan O'Reilly's been a monster for them this uh, this playoff. But this team is going to win the Stanley Cup. I, I really think so. I just You watch Camel Car skate out there. You look at the skate, they come at you on waves. Uh, uh, to me, they've got the, the, a solid goaltender, not a great goaltender, because uh-huh. it's Darcy Kemper, and he hasn't been here before. But to me, this is their championship to lose at this point. And watch Calgary struggle and struggle against Dallas. They had to go to seven games, and they only scored 16 goals. So I'm really interested to see what happens with Calgary Tonight against Edmonton, who who can score goals with Connor McDavid? Because I was in the building for Game Seven, of Edmonton Kings. Connor McDavid played twenty-seven minutes and twenty-three seconds, which is like the equivalent of uh, you know a, a triple overtime game for a for a basketball player. So to me, that's a, he's just amazing, stunning. I just think that there's not enough depth. But I think Calgary gets through, Paul. Yeah. But I don't see anybody beating Colorado out of the West, and and I don't see any, I don't see anybody in the East right now beating.
0: So, okay, the Flames get through, but what kind of a series are we talking about here? It was a lower-scoring scoring series against Dallas Ottinger. That kid for Dallas was unbel- I mean, yes. he was probably the best player in the playoffs in the first round. But are we going to see more goals in this series? Because it is Edmonton, do you trust Mike Smith? Are we going to see six, seven games? What do you think overall?
2: Um, if there was going to be one series to play the over, it would be this one, to be honest with you. I, you see, Mitch, what happened late in series— all of a sudden, there are no seven-two games anymore. Like the game sevens so are all one goal. Yeah, right. Basically. Yeah. Yep. Right. So I, I would be I would be careful on my own over unders and the others like Rangers and Carolina. You are going to play over unders in games goals wise. You, you got to play the unders. But in this series, uh, maybe lay off one, maybe a small bet on this game to see how it goes. Game one, but it, there's one team or, or two teams that are going to have some offense with with Connor McDavid and. With the 40 goal scorers that Calgary has, it would be this series. One caveat, though, uh, Leon Drysdale is not 100%. He, he there's some sort of lower body yes. injury. He doesn't turn very quickly. That could be a deciding factor in the series, and maybe with their offense. But to me, of all the um, of the series, I like this more goal scoring in the series.
3: Well, now we've seen some tight games and lower scoring games now. And there were seven minutes left in the Colorado game last night. There was only yep. one power play. Are they going to are going to let some of this stuff go now, you think? Or are we still going to see a, a trip to the penalty, pray to the penalty box?
2: I, I don't think so, Paul, for a couple of reasons. I think they set the standard, and that's what players want. They want to know what the standard is, what level you can hit somebody or cross-check them or whatever. Like the stick fouls are the stick fouls. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think at this point, they're better coached teams boy Like some of those co- some of those teams that were overmatching in round one, they had no choice but to take penalties that I went up in the penalty box. But I think that – I think the onus is now on the referees not to let the players decide the games on the ice. We're down to eight now at this point in time. So it's the, the parade that you mentioned, that there was some in, in game – one in round one, I don't see happening in game two. Where's Trotz going? I think he's going to Winnipeg because he's from there. Um I'm not sure about there. I'm not sure – I'm not sure who wants it at this point with all the drama over there,
0: so. Oh, Vegas would <laughs> oh. want him, right? I mean, they got – they fired DeBoer yesterday. Yes, of course.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, Well, Vegas would want it, but, but Barry has ties to Winnipeg and they have a pretty decent team. And I'm not sure, to be frank, the way the ownership situation is with you guys and, you know, the, all the, the changes and everything. And, and, you know, guys, I know guys in the league that, that talk to guys and say it's not a great or, locker room or organization because there's always, you know, guys aren't like when Nate Schmidt left. You know, like guys like that left, the blue guys like Ryan Reeves, that was something. So to me, there's some that disarray because, look, You don't make the playoffs. You expect to win the Stanley Cup. The coach gets fired. I get it, but there's just so much going on. I always talked about what you guys, you know, the shiny toy theory. Bill Foley, every offseason, wants the biggest, shiniest toy, even if it doesn't make sense for his team. Happened to some extent with Pedrangelo. I think it's happening again with Jack Eichel. Still a really, really good team. I'm really interested to see what type of of coach they get here in
0: Dayton. See, that's the thing. I think that he wants that shiny new toy. And they realize that Trott's is going to be the best guy in the market, so they're going to do what they can to get the guy. That's my opinion on it. Oh yeah, Look, they'll make it, him an offer he legitimate. can't refuse.
2: They could, they could, and and but, but you know the guy who's the owner of uh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets, pretty rich guy. I think he's the richest guy in Canada. But I, I agree, it, and that's the mentality you want, right, Mitch? You want to go all in with these with, with your organization. It's just that it hasn't worked out. Like you're I regressing know. now. You missed a plus, and people say all oh, the injuries. The Kings has as many injuries as the Vegas goal the Knights, and they made the playoffs, and they had a lesser team, and they didn't have Drew Downey for a half a year. So I don't buy that sure. excuse that they have to straighten things out here in Vegas with respect to the hockey team. Looking right. sharp,
3: kid. Thanks for coming on early. I'm, Enjoy the play. I'm sharp,
2: boys. Anytime. All there right. Absolutely, I totally will. Dennis Cheers.
3: Bernstein, Sirius XM, NHL host, fourth period.com writer. Well, that could be the thing with Trots, though, too. I, I just went to back-to-back conference finals, and I got fired. This is Gallant goes to the cup as an expansion team. Right. And it's like gone a year later. What the hell's going on
0: here? Right? Well, those are, s- the, the perils of being a coach in the NHL. Yep.
3: First bet wants you to get in all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. VEASAN.com slash horses for details. Bonus code, Vegas 1000. Have you seen Ryan Reeves do the buffer before the game? Oh, yeah.
0: yep. He gets into it. Uh, he was a good locker room guy, like Dennis just pointed out. Yep. Okay, so from last night, expected goals, Avalanche 3.73 to 1.37 for the Blues. High danger chances, a chance 16 to 5. Oh, God. I mean, it just... Always good numbers. Yeah. 13 nothing shots on goal in the overtime. I think that's what it was, yeah. Well, five posts, too. That's the other
3: thing. Yeah. It's ridiculous.
0: Should have been a blow up. The first goal was a fluke, and then they get the power play goal late to tie it up. Up next, uh, in pocket plays for today and beyond here on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: To determine the winner of any given college
3: basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it.
0: Take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. No. Nope. 10 to 1. You're on. Right. In pocket plays. All right, a couple of pending for yours truly. Uh, Shesterkin again. Vesna, Even money. Jaden Ivey, number one pick overall, 40 to 1. Got down on that a couple of times before last night. I'm just now to reiterate what I've said now on the show a few times. Um, Orlando getting the number one overall pick, I don't like it. That's the one team near the top that I did not want to get the pick. I think they're going to go home grid now, not Smith. And Smith moved to $1.25. I saw one forty. Yeah, yeah, that's big right. Big movement on not yeah. I don't, I don't know I about Jabari Smith. Him too, yeah. Although ESPN was pushing this narrative that was only three possible players oh, last night. Oh, yeah, good night. point. Who said that? I don't know. Someone finally said, hey, oh. calm down, guys. There's Ivy here, too. Um. So Matt so, Norlander, okay, so this is what he covers college basketball for a living. I think it was the, the, the guy at the end finally mentioned it on ESPN. Oh, he did? Okay. About, don't forget about Ivy. Someone said it. So this is what I was trying to get across to people yesterday and why I bet Ivy. Yeah. He said, Matt Norlander, ESPN is pushing this Chet-Jabari-Paulo trio as the top three for the number one, and I think that makes sense, but there are still some NBA evaluators who believe Jaden Ivy is a dark horse to be taken before all of them. If the right team ends up with the number one pick, I just, I don't, this is me, I don't think Orlando was the right team for Ivy to go number one. Could be, right. hopefully I'm wrong, yeah. hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, I will go Cubs, first five, team total over two and a half, a fade of Mitch Keller Today, going for the Pirates. That's plus one twenty-five on the old diamond there, Paulie.
3: All right, loser yesterday. Mets uh, got the Cardinals in Game One of a doubleheader. Couldn't do anything with Williams. Mets yep. now. Mets, yep. this is in play again today. Mets now uh, twelve and one off a loss. Uh, hurricanes to win in regulation. Game One tonight. Dollar oh five at Bet Rivers. Lightning. to, I've seen enough. I'm with Dennis. Lightning to win the series minus one thirty. It's just so much. You're not. You, you, they're not supposed to win that game you're playing a seven-game series in Toronto and you win game seven on the road. Then again, you got to start on the road against Florida at some time off and 122 points and all that. 4-1, they had the lead, too, nothing. But again, going back... Well,
0: three-goal third period.
3: Well, But going back, why are they going for the three, Pete? And they're so good in the playoffs, the power play and Vasilevsky. And he gives up one goal and they get three power play goals. And again, Florida is 0-21 on the power play. In yeah, the playoffs. that might be cause for concern. At what is point? going on? And the building was dead. Made no sense. Warriors lane five tonight against the Mavs. It's also you're coming off. I mean, you can't play any better than Din game seven. Oh, well, you I, are gonna the Warriors dead. tonight. I, yeah. Six and oh at home. Um I think the Warriors uh, win and cover tonight. Okay, so can we but, can we
0: get a close game in these NBA playoffs yeah. here? You you think you like the Warriors tonight, but you think the number on the series price is too high. Crazy. Uh the two seventy opener is nuts. Nuts.
3: The two equal teams, two two even teams. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm this, interested to see the
0: matchups here in
3: small ball and
0: uh, tempo, too. Yep. I need to preface this the way it feels, but the, the Mavericks did win three out of the four games in the regular season. Not yep. that it means anything going into tonight.
3: Reds, Guardians over 7.5. Molly against Quantrill. Seven of the eight Molly starts have gone over the total as well. I think there'll be runs in that one, and the Reds have been playing some high-scoring games uh, also. In Pocket, presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown book. Check out their daily specials posted after noon Eastern BetRivers.com, over 350 different ways to bet these uh, playoff games in the Battle of Alberta for the first time since 1991 tonight. Good fun. Yep. Should be great television. Yep. Thanks to all the tweets and emails, too. Hard to share some of them on the air, but the incident I encountered uh, yesterday where the guys come over to do some stuff at the house, and uh, without asking, guy makes a beeline to my bathroom and uh,
0: did the unthinkable without asking. He had a bad burrito. Apparently. I don't know what it was. Okay, so how about this email? (laughs) ftm at vcin.com from Tim. This goes back to the Gary McCord interview from earlier this hour, talking about Phil Mickelson. Tim says, so my buddy and I are at uh, WGC Firestone. Course is backed up. Mickelson's waiting to tee off. (laughs) Okay. my, My buddy says, you know, Phil loves fantasy football. And he goes, watch this. My friend walks up and says, hey, Phil, where are you taking Tomlinson? Honest to God, he immediately stops what he's doing and starts breaking down fantasy football running backs in detail with us for a couple of minutes. That goes wow. to Phil's appearance on the Manning cast last year, I thought was the number one guest with a bullet that they brought on. Yes. Because they brought on too many guests anyway. Yeah. But Phil was awesome, and he was super prepared, and he was asking the appropriate questions to Manning's uh, to the Mannings the entire time. If you missed that broadcast, yep. it was he was sensational on that Monday night game.
3: I, I just, those two, the, the story from Tom Lehman. I can't wait for these books. Shipnunk and also uh, Billy Walters. Uh, Billy Walters. I, how, McCor- how about
0: that bomb by McCord, by McCord. the way? Sorry to interrupt. I'm, t- I'm, I'm really good with friends Walters. with Billy Walters. Oh, God. Did I know that? I know. Mm. Uh, right. Any event.
3: Uh, he, he starts off, he's like, his first hole, eight holes are a disaster. And he's getting ready for the ninth hole. And, and think Phil's going in the corner and hiding. You think, okay, let's go. Let's turn this around, giving himself a pep talk. He's hiding, peeking, looking at football scores on his phone. huh. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Was it well-known? Yes, it was well-known. Yeah. Phil likes to gamble. But you're playing for all this cash. What would the league kid win? Like
3: $1.5 for the Byron Nelson? What's on the line? And still not enough action for so, Phil that he's got to get action with Gary, even though if it's a couple hundred dollars about what are the odds here? What
0: uh, I got this putt. Flash me. So I could not wait to ask Gary that question, right? Uh, And if you miss Gary McCord, he was on earlier this hour. You can get the podcast, the Follow the Money podcast now, wherever you get your podcast. Just just, uh, search Follow the Money. When I looked it up yesterday, and again, who knows how accurate this is, but I did find one report where his net worth, fills is $800-plus million. And so this guy, it was more exhilarating to him and more of a thrill ride to have some action with whomever it is. Could be Gary McCord, could have been for a couple thousand dollars, less than that here or there. And so when Gary was talking and he set that up, I knew where he was going to go, what his answer was going to be. But again, that 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 movie quote from The Hustler yes. of money won is twice as sweet as money earned. And Gary started laughing immediately. He's like, Oh, absolutely, it is to him. Doesn't matter. He made forty million dollars in any given year. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything to he him. To it was about it, the, he wants to, to take it from you. Meet his friends and ta- yes, yes, yeah, good fun other thing
3: too, Dallas is a lost game one both series too. Uh, another reason oh the I Nuggets think. okay yeah. Uh, Dallas, or the, the da- Mavericks. Dallas the Mavericks that. I say? I say okay
0: against Golden State. All right. What do you, what are your hockey picks? Um, I have Calgary to win the Western Conference at thirty five to one. From oh, back that's right. My God. So I'm just going to let this series breathe a little bit. I was hoping the Blues would take game one from the Avalanche last night. That would have been something. That would have been nice. Uh huh. Because then I could have gotten creative maybe a little bit. Because I just again with Calgary, the thought of Calgary getting past Edmonton and their favorites, but then to get beyond maybe Colorado. And I get it, Colorado, they've you, you, had this talent for a long time listen, now, but listen, you got a
3: nice price, but you got to be careful. What what if they sweep St. Louis? What what's the series? Oh, price? I, I
0: can't even there's nothing I can do. I mean there's seven dollars already. Yeah, there's Paul I cannot, I'm just gonna have to go riding that 35 to 1 into that conference final and hoping that a miracle happens like in game one. They're
3: a freight train. Yeah. They're fifty-four to twenty-five shots on goal, five post, thirteen rip and overtime. They are fun to watch. God. And great
0: great sports fans too. Okay, so great fans, Denver. When when and I'll ask I'll ask our viewers as well, because we have a huge hockey audience on this show. FTM at on Twitter, at V-CIN Live at Mitch Moss Radio, at Paulie Howard. When's the last time a team in the league was this fast? And I don't know if there's any way to document that. I'm sure that there's like a, a mm. second spectrum or whatever to actually break it down. I, I, but I, when yeah, you watch team. a team play, and I've been thinking this. It's not, I'm not overreacting to last night. This is something that just like watching Colorado play for the last couple of years, the speed is just... Oh, my God. You
3: know what it is? It's like a bunch of the Russian Rocket, Pavel Bure. Oh. Like a bunch of him running around. Oh, a bunch of guys like him. I mean, it's just...
0: Remember how fast that dude oh was? Oh, my God. Loved him. Yes. Um, But overall, as a team, I don't know. The
3: precision passing. Oh, the execution, The score. I mean, the scoring opportunities last
0: night were off the charts. You make one mistake, they'll bury you. Yep. It's beautiful hockey. It's yes. It's almost like... This is the version of uh, the NBA when the Spurs won that title in 2014. They would just paper cut you to death. It was unbelievable basketball to watch. I think I'm in trouble, too. I bet over five and a half games in the series.
3: I think I, got, I mean it might be a gentleman sweep. Well,
0: again, the, the way it went last night, it did go to overtime. That was misleading. I'm glad that you totally brought that misleading. up because I, I watched that goal last night five times. I'm like, how fluky was that? The first one for the Blues. Yes. Come on, it goes turnover. off the guy's skate, gets it's the perfect turnover. bounce, yeah. and bam, they put one in. Mm-hmm. That was fluky. And then to be outshot like they were and still be in the game is just come on. Yeah. Well, we've been here before, though.
3: I mean, uh, remember uh, what yeah, happened I know. last year? We the were supposed to run right through the West too, and Vegas got them in the second round. Yep. But this is this is a, a different animal, and certainly a, a different matchup. And it appears to me it'll be Colorado, Calgary, and then Colorado against, I think, Tampa. But you don't want to – I can't just dismiss Carolina. No, the East is too can't. good. Carolina's awesome. East is too Dennis, good. Dennis right? good home team. And you're getting Anderson back at some point, too.
0: Okay, so you think Tampa Bay now, you're betting minus one th- – was it 35? I bet up before, before. I'm going to bet, bet it, bet it again. again. How many games are you talking here? Five? You think it's going to be over that quickly? Based
3: on what I saw last night, yeah. This guy's too good. You can't score on a guy. Toronto. That's that's also. Let's give Toronto more credit.
0: That's that's what I said. That team could have won the whole thing. thing. That team could have won the whole thing. I mean, they had 115
3: points. But this again, the last six opportunities to clinch. He's six and zero with five shutouts. He gave up one to
2: Toronto. He's fake. He's a cheat code, Vasilevskiy.